Andy Davis. My name is Henry Foss. Welcome to this episode of Leeds University Business School's Research and Innovation Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the issue of modern slavery and business, trying to unpack some of the, the key issues and, and understand what this topic is and uh, key things that business and public should know about it. Himrik, um, probably the first point to start with is, what is modern slavery? That is a good question. In the UK, we use modern slavery as an umbrella term to capture different forms of exploitation of, of labour, for example, aspects of bonded labour, uh, forced labour, um, human trafficking are all aspects that are considered as forms of modern slavery. And therefore, governments in the UK and elsewhere are trying to abolish these forms of exploitation of labour. So this is a pretty broad uh, set of behaviours, isn't it? So much more than just human trafficking or, or child labour. It is. It is a very broad definition um, and one which causes a huge amount of problems for businesses trying to work around the government definitions on modern slavery. Okay. Well, I think that, that's a really helpful starting point. And I think personally we're, we're seeing uh, a lot of stories in, in the newspapers, a lot of talk from politicians around the need to tackle modern slavery. Um, and my perspective is often this is talked about in terms of uh, cracking down on people illegally trafficking people into the UK or other developed countries. Um, how do you think this really affects business? Because this sounds like just a much broader kind of social issue or crime issue. What's in it for business? It is a broad social issue. It is, the, however, one which is stretching along the whole operations of business, being it within the country the firm is located in, but also along the whole global value chain. And the legislation as it is today and we have, for example, some in the UK and Australia, both of these are asking businesses to identify and report on modern slavery aspects across the whole the global value chain. And therefore, it has a huge impact on businesses and how they might um, consider their processes, processes with whom they want to work, where they want to work, uh, what they have to report, how they can report. A huge amount of extra work being put on businesses as well as responsibility to actually understand what the issue is mm. and how to identify it. That's interesting. So I think often we might think about, I think, modern slavery being an issue that just happens overseas. And I think particularly when I talk to my students and uh, and kind of, uh, and friends around this issue, it seems this, this problem that happens somewhere else. Mm. I think we've obviously seen some of the, the newspaper articles around people being exploited in farming, agriculture, I guess, yep. in the UK, um, and particularly, I think, mattress making. and Mattress making. And I think there were cases around um, nail shops, mm, car, car washing. Washes, yeah. So it's not just something that happens overseas, is it? And I think maybe the other, the other point around this as well is um, often this might be something connected to products we're buying, I guess, without realising it. Do you think that's fair? I think that's a fair comment. A number of products are probably more prone and liable to be exposed to risks around modern slavery. Um, and there have been, as you indicated, newspaper articles on car washing, um, agricultural products um, coming from across Europe in the UK, which may be exposed to aspects of modern slavery. And products are normally not indicated or labeled in any way or form to indicate there might be vulnerabilities. We do know that certain sectors are more likely to have risks around modern slavery than others. 
Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I think that kind of suggests that as consumers, as buyers, we need to be a little bit more questioning maybe of where our product comes from or how it's been made. And I think when I talk to my students maybe around this this topic, and ask them where they think there might be the risk of somebody having been exploited um, to a product or a service, one of the things that often comes up is, oh, fast fashion, cheap clothing. Yep. Um, you know, how could they make this and, unless they weren't um, exploiting somebody, either not paying them enough or poor conditions or... But it's not just fashion, is it? It is not just fashion. You might remember just before Christmas, um, there was a Christmas card um, which was bought by Tesco, mm. um, which had a slip in there saying this Christmas card was made for prison labor in China. And then Tesco withdrew their Christmas cards from the shops. So it indicates it is broader than just fast fashion. Um, it includes other areas of work, like Christmas cards, agriculture we mentioned earlier, um, electronics, I guess. Electronics. In the big case, I suppose, coming up in the area of football is the World Cup in Qatar. And to um. what extent construction workers may be considered as bonded labor, building stadiums um, for the World Cup um, forthcoming. And bonded labor is, is where people um, essentially are working at their own volition, but they're having to pay off. Um, loans, aren't they, or, or kind of other obligations that they might have taken or, on. Or the passports are being taken away and they can't move around freely mm. and thereby can't leave the country, can't find other employment, but are fixed to work with this mm. one look, um, employer they have at the moment. And I guess exploitation in construction isn't just, again, an overseas issue. We see um, some of these these kind of aspects of exploitation within the UK as well, kind of casual labour, people being brought yeah. in maybe under false pretenses and I think construction, just culturally in the fragmented nature of different trades coming on, mm. is really a tricky one to police, isn't it? It is. And one other aspect which makes it difficult is that a lot of the policing is focusing on large businesses. Mm. And of course, large businesses are working often in relationship with smaller firms within the UK and across global value chains, wherever they're located in. What do you mean by global value chains, Henrik? I mean aspects like businesses sourcing and procuring from as you indicated, say, fast fashion, they might procure f- particular fashion items from India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and that would be the kind of global value chain where mm. they're sourcing from. And of course, the immediate producer they are sourcing from might have their own value chain, and that might come in from the same country or a third country again. Understanding the length of all of that yeah. and understanding who's involved is, is t- difficult. Well, because I'm thinking about... so we. Obviously, we've worked together on this topic, Kimrick, and, and with colleagues in the School of Design and, and in geography as well, and, and colleagues internationally. And I know when we were looking at the, the fashion industry and, and supply chains and how people, what people knew about labour standards and how information got passed around, the thing that struck me was actually how little information maybe flowed around that chain and mm-hmm. how I think public and, and people in government often assumed that a big company maybe who's selling the product um, to the consumer, will know everything about how it's been produced, where the materials have come from. And I think that's just not the case, is it? It didn't seem to be the case. Certainly not the interviews we did in in India with the British Academy and DFID funding, where even businesses in the supply chain didn't expect large business up the value chain to understand what is happening further down Mm. because they thought businesses are just too far removed. They can't understand what is happening because there's no capacity to monitor and control properly what is happening in this particular 
um, value chain around fashion. It might be different elsewhere when you have a much clearer, shorter value chain, mm. but not in fashion with a lot of, if you like, grey market and informal producers and suppliers coming in. That's a bit of a challenge then, isn't it? Because I think um, you talked about the Modern Slavery Act earlier, or Modern Slavery Legislation, and I think particularly the, the legislation in the UK and, and now Australia as well, the the part that relates really clearly to business about having to report what they're doing and the expectations on business, I think the, there's an, a, an assumption in there that, that businesses know all about their their supply chain, their value chain, and can identify where the risks are and, and where there might be problems. And I think it's just not clear where there might be. So I think that's difficult then in terms of what we're expecting business to do. It is difficult in terms of what we expect businesses to do, how to report, what to report on, mm. and also how we then respond to what businesses are reporting upon. Because mm. if businesses would report on X numbers of modern slaves being freed, would we see this as a positive because I identified them? Would we see this as a negative because I have some? Mm. And I co- how dare they're having any? Well, I think you have so, to be a brave, brave company to uh, to publicly say how many how many slaves or children you found in your supply chain. And I know there's only uh, a small number who do that publicly, aren't there? Indeed. Well, Henry, I think we touched on lots of lots of interesting points. I think so. Far. I think this topic is so uh, so challenging for business and for for policymakers, um, and that's why we we've got a series of podcasts coming up. Uh, that looks at each of these issues in a bit more depth, and we'll talk to some of our business and academic partners around the work they've been doing to go a little bit deeper on each of these. Yeah, and I'm very much looking forward to having those conversations with our colleagues from Australia, India, and UK to explore any of these themes in much more depth and trying to further untangle, untangle what are the issues we, we need to explore further and see what it means for policymakers, see what it means for businesses, and how we can make an impact and a change um, on issues around modern slavery and engagement of social issues in global value chains. Well, I hope you found the, the first conversation we had on this topic uh, of use. Um, if you're interested in supporting future research or being a part of, of uh, events and workshops we're going to be carrying out on this topic, please do get in touch.